So Vinyl Me Please just released the story of Quincy Jones vinyl box set. And this Motley crew here is going to guide you through each of the eight albums. I'm Alyssa Leon Smith, Vice President of Business at Quincy Jones Productions. I've been honored to work with Quincy for eight years now, and I can confirm he really, really is that dude. I'm Sonarin Glinton. I'm a podcast host and a producer. I'm a contributor to NPR's Planet Money, and I have spent a career covering the intersection of the culture and the economy. And I'm Justin Richmond, host of Broken Record and vice president of I Have No Business Being Here. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going, man. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So it's really impossible to fully capture Quincy's legacy and his influence on pop culture, entertainment, music history, and beyond in a 30-minute episode. But we are going to try to do the best we can. So let's get right into it. So can you tell us a bit about who you are for the listeners? So I will say my name properly because nobody ever gets it except Quincy. But my name is Mathieu Bitton, white, funky Frenchman from Paris. <laughs> you know, my whole life has been dedicated to black arts and promoting and working on compilations and albums and became a photographer as well along the way, which has kind of become, you know, my main thing, although I still do a lot of design work and this kind of thing, you know, is my favorite thing to do, designing box sets. And uh, I've had the fortune this year alone, you know, I'm working on Prince box set and this Quincy box set and other ones. And so, you know, love, love, love doing this. So grew up in Paris, France, moved to the States, you know, when I was about 14 years old and I've always been a vinyl collector. And so a lot of the projects I've worked on, you know, most of the Marvin Gaye releases since the late 90s, most of the James Brown releases, just all the uh, stuff I'm just passionate about. You know, one of the things I love is albums and holding them and things like that. But I never really thought much about the designing of a compilation. So, you know, this is many eras of Quincy's life. Tell me how you start to create a packaging for so much different art so basically you know first thing was okay what albums are on there you know so when they told me the eight albums uh, that were on there and it uh, adds up to 12 pieces of vinyl first thing i do is think okay what do i personally consider the most iconic and and quincy is such an icon that it's like you know you watch that netflix film and it's just like you forget that he's like the kind of pioneer of, of so many genres and, and so much activism and just so many beautiful things in the culture and beyond black culture. I mean, he's, he is culture. He is music culture and, and has brought so much music from all over the world to the U S and, and was involved in so many projects. It's so funny. I always feel like whatever I talk about, Quincy was there. Quincy is connected to it. So for me, I I look at, okay, I love Quincy so much, it's hard to decide what's the image I would use on the outside of a box set. And he and I have been talking about doing a box set for a very long time. So this, you know, this felt like we're finally starting this process. I'm sure there'll be more because that's the other thing. His body of work is so enormous. 
how do you just say like, oh yeah, we're putting eight albums, you know what I mean? Out of God, he's probably worked on like 400 albums, you know, with other artists as well. I mean, as a producer as well. So I started looking at, you know, images. We, we didn't have access to a lot of images that he owned, you know, so I think it's just how things worked and he was always more focused on the music. And uh, so I believe it was an event for uh, the Duke Ellington benefit maybe. And, you know, there's these great pictures of, of Quincy sitting in a theater and he's got this super funky 1970s pattern on his sweater. You know, Quincy in his sweaters, you gotta, you know, he always has the most amazing sweaters. And he's got this shirt with this kind of cool pattern on it. He's got some numbers on them. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, this, it inspired like the whole thing of this box set where I have this patterns, which is basically a, an attempted recreation of the pattern on the sweater, you know? And so the sweater inspired the, the whole design of the box basically. And then, you know, did some work to that photo to make it a little more modern and just isolated where it's just Quincy. And I, I gave about a dozen cover ideas with a dozen different pictures and that was my favorite, but I didn't say that was my favorite because you never want to influence the artist. You know, you just basically say, hey, these are these are the comps. And then when Thomas and Adam from from Quincy's team hit me back, like, oh, he loves number four. That was the one, you know, that I, that I loved that ended up being the cover. It was actually and great because our entire team saw all the comps and everyone picked mm-hmm. that same one. Yeah, there was something about it where it just felt like synonymous with cool and... I mean, Quincy is such a genius, but it's like, you know, how do you look like a genius? There's not a lot of people <laughs> you know what I mean, who wear it on the outside and Quincy's definitely wearing it on the outside. And so I, I felt like that's also the era that led up to, you know, the, the culture shock of the Michael Jackson and all these other things that he ended up doing. And so I felt like that that's just such a great look and the typography, you know, that I created with it, it also kind of works off of the shirt. So basically that shirt inspired the, the design. So what material did you have? There's so many like interesting images from set lists uh, to, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. Who, so who's... Here's another thing. So this is something that I pride myself in because of the artists that I work with. And I always get close to the artists I work with. I'm not the kind of guy that just jumps around, you know, okay, I'm going to go do this thing today. And that, that, you know, I do a lot of different work, but artists are very important to me. And the relationship that I have with them is even, you know, is even more important. And the trust that the bond that, you know, it creates over the years, you know, I think I met Quincy around 2003. We definitely gotten a strong bond. We speak French together. You know, he loves to speak French. He speaks really well too. And, and so I was kind of, uh, uh, very touched and blown away when Quincy, you know, allowed me to go into his vault and basically have free reign as to what, you know, I wanted to photograph to include in the box that that's something that, you know, uh, I know is very sensitive. You know, there's a lot of treasures in there. So that's basically almost everything you see in the design in the booklet, you know, were all these things that I gathered spending a day in there and I could have spent a month in there. There's so much, you know, it felt like being in the, in the Kennedy archives or something, you know, in the Kennedy library, it's just, just crazy how much stuff there is. What's your favorite discovery? Oh man, I think something about the sheet music to summertime, you know, from the miles and Quincy live at Montreux, because selfishly and personally, I was at that show. So I was 18 years old. I went to that show, you know, from Paris 
And it was the first time I was at the Montreal Festival. And so something about knowing that that the sheet music was on stage, I was in the audience, you know, and, and got to see my two heroes. I mean, you know, my son's name is Miles. Miles is always very important. My first son, I named Miles. And there's just a, a really incredible synchronicity to it. So that specifically, and then just seeing, you know, these, these, all these notes, I love handwriting, you know, I love an artist's handwriting and, and you can really see the genius in writing and, and Quincy. And that's why I use a lot of that stuff. I use a lot of squiggles and notes and in the box set, because I feel like you just get in touch with something that you don't see too often. And it really gets in touch with how Quincy works. And then the nice thing about this is, this isn't just like, okay, photo, liner notes, photo, liner notes. I spend a lot of time layering all this stuff so that people can sit with a page and spend, you know, hours seeing things on the page and seeing little notes that correlate to the album. And I'm just, you know, obsessive with this, the, the details. So I love that I had that access, you know, and then, and then there's so many things in there that I'm like, you know, boxes of demo cassettes and things. And I'm like, when are these box sets going to come out? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's just treasure upon treasure. And, and it, I was also impressed at how well it was organized. You know, a lot of artists, I've worked on a lot of vault releases and never seen anybody as well organized as Quincy's vaults. Are there any Easter eggs that are anything hidden in there that people, that owners of the there box could, should look there for? There just might be, but the beauty of Easter eggs is I'm not going to tell you. My man knows how to sell. That would take, that would take all the fun away from, uh, <laughs> there's a few things in there. You know what I think is interesting is how do you create a sort of one, like the coherent theme that runs, you know, each of these albums designed by a different person individually, mm. you know, they have different art. How do you come up with a central story or like a central visual. I mean, it's a really interesting look. It looks cohesive. One yeah, thing, so, you know, I also design a lot of coffee table books and it's not, you know, I've done my own work of photography and stuff, but when I design, you know, other books, you know, you have the same kind of thing. Like if you're doing a, a retrospective on an artist, you know, I did a Bob Dylan book where you're doing, you know, Glenn Friedman's Run DMC, Beastie Boys book that I designed, you know, you kind of have to find a central look. And I guess that's where I come in, you know, that's, that's what I do. And with Quincy, it just kind of felt like it just naturally fell into place, you know? So one of the things I did was first was to pull each title treatment from each album and in some cases recreating it just so that it's cleaner, you know, on the page and that it looks nice and and so that was kind of my starting point. And then the second thing was photographing, you know, textures that I could use as backgrounds. And then I think it just kind of fell into place, you know, with all of the uh, imagery that I had. I mean, I don't know exactly what my formula is, you know, but I just know that you look at the final product and it worked out. <laughs> you know, I really like the final product. So I think it's also a compliment to Quincy's art. Yeah. So I know you actually took the photo of Quincy on the, the third page. Is yeah. there any story behind that specific photo? So I was doing a photo shoot. A friend of mine uh, named Gianni Kuji has a magazine called Ubiquist. I'd been shooting for her magazine. It's a really cool black owned magazine in New York and another she's French as well. And, you know, one of her dreams was to get a cover, you know, with, with Q. So and I know Quincy wasn't doing press or anything, you know, and and basically 
reached out to the brothers, you know, Adam, Phil, <laughs> and, and Toma, and, and said, hey, I know, you know, Quincy doesn't really do this stuff anymore, but I'd be honored to photograph him for the cover of this magazine. So I said, hey, when, he's, when I said it was you, he said yes, you know, and, and so another, you know, I'm just very thankful for that. So I came over to the house with my son, Julian, assisting me, and, you know, we did the shoot. There's some really a lot of great photos that haven't been seen from that shoot. But I think in the in the book, there's also one of his hand with the statue with the dude is also in the booklet, which was an outtake from that. So that was just a, you know, a great, great shoot at Quincy's house right before the pandemic. And so, you know, again, the, the fact that he took the time, you know, gave me that time. And then great to be able to include these new photos in this box that, you know, not have to bother him again and say, hey, can I come over and get some new shots because they're so recent. So that's the story on that. Do you have a favorite of the original artwork? They're all so unique, you know, but I've always loved the walking in space photo. You know, I mean, I have all these records, obviously. I, I collect a lot of vinyl. The Wiz, I collect soundtracks, you know, so The Wiz was always an important one for me. I love that cover. Favorite? Well, those, you don't have to pick a favorite. I mean, those two, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the dude, you know. Those the, stand out to you. Yeah, what what, what about the walking in space stands out to you? Just how freaking beautiful he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's just like everything iconic about that era. You know what I mean? And all he's doing is just like, he's just there, you know? It's just like, it bothers me sometimes how beautiful Quincy is. You know, it's annoying because I have to try to, you know, keep up. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I like I like the typography, the simplicity of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, these these are all great covers and I love having, you know, we'll have these new versions with nice, beautiful colored vinyl. So I'm very excited about all these. How did you choose the color palette of the of, of the actual discs? You know, with vinyl me please, it, it's just all about kind of pulling an element from the cover, you know, and something that stands out and, and picking the colors that all go together. Clay Condor, who I worked with, you know, from um, Vinyl Me Please. We worked together on all that. So it was great, you know, great team to work with. Also great guy to work with. Great. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to share for the listeners or? A question people? we should have asked you. Yeah. When I met Quincy back in the early 2000s, maybe early to mid 2000s, you know, we really connected on the fact that I was collecting all this stuff and the soundtracks. I was talking to him about soundtracks. I was talking about doing a box set of the soundtracks, which I still hope, you know, we can do that as well. And I was at a, this, this benefit that was like Roger Waters' house. And, you know, I remember the feeling of talking to Quincy Jones, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and just being like, Okay, keep you cool. You know, I met a lot of artists and a lot of my idols, but you know, all of a sudden it's Quincy, and you know, we started speaking French and started talking about all these albums. And I guess he was about to leave when we started talking. It was like 10 p.m. or something. And next thing I know, it's like one in the morning. His date is falling asleep on the couch outside of this Beverly Hills house, you know, and we're just talking about all these movies and soundtracks. And, you know, he kept asking me how old I was because at the time I was like 33 or something. And he's like, or 32, I don't even know. He's like, you know, 30 probably. How do you know all this stuff? How is it possible that you have all this stuff? You know, he was so intrigued. And I'm like, well, this is what I do. What I, you know, I'm such a, I'm so passionate about these things. So he had to go home and, you know, he's like, give me your number. And I was like, okay, sure. Here's my number. It's not like Quincy Jones is ever going to call me. You know what I mean? I was so used to that LA stuff, <laughs> you know? And so 
I think two nights later, I'm at a family dinner at my ex's parents, you know, and my phone rings, unknown number. I don't pick it up. They don't leave a message. And then next thing I know, like seven minutes later, I get a message notice, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. A delayed message notice. I'm like, let me go see what this is. And I go in the other room and there's like a seven minute message from Quincy talking about how beautiful it was meeting and how amazing our conversation was and how it brought him back to so many things he had, he had done, but had forgotten about. And so that again, made me feel like, okay, this is my purpose in this life. And so then we became friends and, you know, we found out in Paris, we found out, you know, in Montreux, we, I mean, we found out all over the world and Lenny Kravitz's house at five in the morning in Paris, you know, and I, I remember I was DJing and I played the Anderson tapes music that he composed and performed. And, and he's like, man, this is good. What is this? <laughs> like, you, you play so much music, you don't even like recognize your own stuff. And then he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I thought, and then he gives me out who's playing what, you know, his memory is so incredible, but it was six in the morning in Paris. So whatever. So to now, you know, the day they announced the box, that was incredible for me just to be like, okay, we finally done, you know, the first version of this, we have more to come. It just felt like destiny to me. And, and you know, I thank him so much for trusting me, you know, to do this. And uh, I remember when I first spoke to the Vinyl Me Please people, they're like, you know, they normally do this stuff in house. And they were, the guy was like, well, we were told Quincy will do this only if you do it. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. So not at all in an egomaniacal kind of way, but I was just so touched by that. And I think for people who are new even to Quincy's music, you know, this is such an incredible introduction. I mean, just those eight albums in the span of a box set. How do you have like Sarah Vaughn and Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis and Frank Sinatra and Ice-T, you know what I mean? Big Daddy Kane, uh, you know, I mean, so many crazy. I mean, Miles, obviously, Michael Jackson. It's kind of mind-blowing, you know, and I think it's just a, a little piece of what Quincy's done, but is just like incredible accomplishments. And here he is still going, doing all this stuff. Thank you.